There's a tremendous pull of the Holy Ghost on the hearts of people here today. God, have your way in this place. Lead us, guide us, direct us here today. Over your word, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I'm going to be reading out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. If you've got your Bibles, Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Ye see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair shoe in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. He said, the world don't have no hold on me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And here it is, verse 16. As many as walk according to this rule, peace be on you, on them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. For henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the mark or marks of Jesus Christ. Verse 16, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy. I want to preach here today the standard of the cross. If you would, leave that scripture for me for now. God, help us today. Let your word go forth with a clarity and understanding. I ask you today in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Galatians chapter 6. I read the verse, as many as walk according to this rule. The word rule there means standard in the original Greek. And what it means is, is a measuring instrument. And it's also defined as a special uh, quality or some achievement that you are to shoot for or to try to reach for. So if you put it in proper context, here's Paul explaining to the church in Galatia that as many as walk according to this standard, there is a promise that comes to you and I. The question is, what's the standard? What is the uh, point that he is referring to? What is the measuring stick that I am supposed to hold? You and I could 
today very easily bring in many measuring sticks. We could bring in uh, ways that we conduct ourselves based upon a certain measure. Uh, if you take it to a, a job situation, uh, I've heard it before talking to different people of especially high-end uh, companies. Uh, they have a strong, very clear standard by which they operate their business. They have a mark that they set for all their employees. And folks, if there's ever been a time that there is a generation that's raising up or being raised up that wants to look at these standards or these measures and say, you know what, it really doesn't matter. I can do my own thing. I'll just quit this job and I'll go find another job. There's a standard that's in place in every organization, whether it be a high-end company or it be a high-end plant or refinery, there's a standard by which I've got to live by. There's a standard by which I conduct myself. There's a measure by which I do. Now, if it's not going to be a company or it's going to be some organizational guidelines that I got to follow, I think of those that are officers and work in, in, in law enforcement. There's a guideline you got to follow by which you conduct yourself. Now, if we move that out of the way, let's just bring it down real personal. What are some of the guidelines I function with today? I do or I don't do because of a measure my mom and daddy taught me. I live according to a way by the way that my pastor 80 years ago maybe taught me or I live by a measure that my family has taught me. What Paul is trying to say is there's no greater measure that you could ever live by than by the measure of Calvary. The implementation of these in a plant or refinery or jobs are great. And the measure by which I live, by what my mother and my father taught me, they're great. If they taught me to be honest, I thank God for a mom and daddy that taught me how to be honest and how to, how to do things right. I thank God for that measure. But even in the measure that humanity tries, it can only go so far. But if I put the measure of Calvary in place in my life, that every decision I make, I look back at Calvary and say, okay, what was Calvary all about? And how am I going to conduct myself moving forward from this point or not if I let Calvary be my measure I promise you this we won't have to have a bunch of rules and regulation of how to treat one another and how to conduct ourselves in a group but I'll look at Calvary and because of Calvary's picture and Calvary's sacrifice and Calvary's unselfishness I can live according to the peace that God wants to give me See, I tricked some of y'all. Y'all thought I was going to talk about standards today. That's why y'all got tight. Oh, God, here we go. When the standard of Calvary, he said, there's something you got to understand that life is not going to always be conducive to your comfortability. Situations are going to come that you're not prepared for nor ready for. And you can have every, I, I'm psyching myself up. I know this is coming. I know this is coming and it very well may be coming. But when it gets there, you still find yourself unprepared for the turn of events that happened that you didn't see. 
And if I look at that moment and I figure, well, what, what did mama do? What did daddy do? That's good. I thank God for a good mama and a daddy that led us thus far. But sometimes I can't find the peace that I need in my situation with what mama did and what daddy did and what my family did and what my church did. But if I can find what Calvary did, if I can find the message of Calvary, if I can find what Jesus did in Calvary and say, I'm going to take that measure. I'm going to die out to myself. I'm going to die out to my will. I'm going to die out to my opinion. And I'm going to say, God, whatever you want, there's a peace that God will give you and I according to the standard of Calvary. Here's the issue. My mind is so encumbered with I'm never good enough. I'll never qualify enough. I'll never measure up. See, that's what Calvary takes the place of. Calvary takes the place, or Calvary is the answer to when I'm not good enough. When I can't make two, two things come together. When I can't make my mind settle down from fear. When I can't make the worry about what's going to happen three weeks from now. If I can somehow make my way back to the standard of the cross. See, Paul is facing a situation in Galatia that was uh, the Judaizers. They were a group of people. And here's what they taught, Cody. They taught it's all about self. They were very opulent. They were prideful. They were arrogant. They, they got their satisfaction about telling everybody what they did. Come on, you know three people like that? They love telling everybody how great they are. And watch what happens. Here's what we say. When situations happen and circumstances come to us, here's a comment we'll make. Well, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Come on, I wish I had three honest people. I'm not as bad as him, Brother Charlie. I, I know I'm bad, but oh, but God, I can always find another measure that makes me feel better. I can always find somebody else that's, and I, I realize looking at things and say, boy, I'm blessed. But when it comes down to living a life unto Christ, that don't apply. I cannot look at somebody else and say, well, you know what? At least I'm not doing that. I can't let, Brother Joe, that be my measuring stick because that's what the Judaizers came into the church of Galatia and they're trying to tell everybody, you ain't got to do all of that no more. You don't need the grace of God. You got to work for this. They were trying to bring the Old Testament law and trying to say, this is what you got to do. They were trying to go back to an earned mentality. Come on, somebody. You can't earn a relationship with God. He gives it to you free as long as you follow his measure by which you walk in that relationship. You can't earn salvation. You can't get good enough to get God. You can't get enough... But if I can get God, I can get good. If I can get a relationship with him, everything in my life can begin to change. Folks, this is the message for the hour now. God is reaching for individuals that will be willing to say, I'll follow the measure of the cross. I'll follow the measure of the Calvary. I'll follow the sacrifice. 
Paul said, you cannot do like these Judaizers because they want you to go back and say, you got to be circumcised. He said, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, you don't matter when you've obeyed the gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection. Paul said, behold, I declare unto you the gospel. And he said, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. He said, how do I obey the gospel? How do I buy into the gospel? For a man's got to die in his or unto his sin. Repentance. He's got to be buried as Christ was buried in the earth. I've got to be buried in a watery grave in baptism in Jesus' name. And then if I come up out of that grave, there's a spirit that's wanting to live inside of me. I can have resurrection power. He said, you've got to obey that gospel. But he said, I got a group of people that's saying the gospel don't work unless you earn or do. And Paul's saying, I'm trying to make this real easy for you. If you want the peace of God in your life, all you got to do is follow the measure of Calvary. And if I follow the measure of Calvary, everything else is going to take its place and it's all going to come together like it needs to. Paul in the first part of this says, I write you a large letter. He didn't write it large because he was blind. He said, I'm writing you a long letter that you understand the importance of what's now trying to take away your peace. Our peace has been lost because we followed measures that are contradictory to Calvary. We have followed measures that, whether it be measures of a long time ago from whoever, I want to be careful who I put into the blank. You fill in your own blank. What's the measure that you and I have followed? Are we following the measure of what CNE says is going to happen in the world? Am I following the measure of what the government says? This is what's going to happen. See, I'm beating to a, I'm walking to a different drum, Brother Joe. I'm following a measure that says, if you put your trust in me, everything's going to work itself out because my faith is in a measure that's immutable. It never changes. It'll bring the peace that I need in the midst of a difficult hour. He said, I'm giving you a large letter because you need to see the importance of what's taking place. He said, if you're not careful, these voices are going to try to pull you away. Here's the revelation I got in it, Brother Ed, that was so powerful. The voices are always going to be there. The world is always going to try to make a pull on individuals in the church or people outside of the church. My peace is always going to be up for grabs but if I can learn like Paul said I'm writing you a large letter that you understand this one thing the only measure you need to follow it ain't the measure of a, I'm sorry it ain't the measure of an organization it ain't the measure of, a, of an outside another denomination it ain't the measure of another uh, another congregation it's the measure of what the word of God says and that measure is the measure of Calvary and the cross of Calvary Go, Galatians chapter 1, verse 2. And we're going to go back to that, so keep it close. Here's how he starts it off to the church at Galatia. All the brethren, church of Galatia, next verse. Grace and peace. He starts out telling them 
There's something here. He starts the whole message about peace. We think that peace is something outside. Peace is something you get in here. There's never going to be peace out here. I don't care how many billboards are out there that are propagating what it wants to do in its agenda. It's never going to bring the peace to this world. The peace is within the church. And the entities within the church. And he starts his letter saying, here is my peace. I'm showing you what this whole thing is about. Next verse. Who might give himself, here it is. He gave himself. He gave himself. The measure starts from the very beginning. Folks, is it just me or how ironic it is? I heard one article say it's the me, me generation. You know what that means? It's all about them. You say, what are you talking about, Benoit? Here's what I'm talking about. See, and this is what's so hard for us to comprehend. The mindset has gotten a hold of us that it's all about my life. It's all about my pleasure. It's all about what feels good to me. It's all about what's comfortable for me. And there ain't nothing about Calvary that's comfortable. And that's why in the end time, it says for scarcely a righteous man's going to be saved. I hate to say it. I believe for a great revival, but it's going to be one that's only going to bring in the people that are hungry and desperate to know God heaven is going to be my home and I'm not going to do anything outside of that that's going to deter me from that course we it's all about us it's about hey look at what I'm doing I know there's some good I know there's some good in taking a photo and, but I've yet to see this whole self thing it, de it delineates from what Calvary is now if you go take a selfie you ain't going to hell you can take as many selfies as you want get as many thumbs up as you want but just remember he died for you and I and if I can somehow realize this ain't about me he gave himself when he didn't have to brother Roger he was God manifested in the flesh he had all power in heaven and earth he was fully God and he was fully man and at any moment that man that God entity could have said enough is enough but he looked down at 2021 and he said I see somebody in the house of God that's needing to, to look to something that they can tie their mule to that they can hang on to in the midst of adversity I'm telling you today the greatest thing you and I could base our whole life upon is the fact that he gave himself to us and if he gave himself for us then you and I can have the peace it's pondered I read an old uh, writer old revivalist years ago he said it like this brother Bushnell he said we have preached messages of love and decision, but we never woke up the conscience of people to realize that they're lost. We've never woke it up. We've preached good messages and sermons that feel good and tickle the ear, but we never woke up the God con that conscience in them that realizes I have sinned against God and failed. And if God comes right now, I'm lost. Someone called me a couple days ago. They said, I had a dream. And in the dream, 
couple of people were there. But here's the gist of the dream. In the dream, a comment was made by a pastor when he said, we got 30 days left. I don't believe we got 30 days to the coming of the Lord. But I do believe the coming of the Lord. After the preaching I heard at youth camp and watching these young people jump and leap and shout with excitement for the things of God and the purpose of God, I begin to realize that there is a generation that's coming up that realizes there's a measure that I've got to uphold to. There's young people that realize there's a measure that if I follow the measure of Calvary and I live with all of my heart for God, God's going to take away the, some of these struggles and some of these battles and some of these things that I don't have to go through. I'm telling somebody today, your peace is in the measure and the standard of the cross. You don't have to go down a road of, 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 of chaos. We go down the road, Brother Langley, because Calvary is so far removed. He said, if you love me, you know what the true definition of love is? We got a world out there trying to propagate love. But here's what they're trying to propagate, their agenda. Love excuses me from my sin. Somebody stay with me today. I know this is deep and heavy, and, but just stay with me. Love propagates obedience. He said, if you love me, Sister Kim, you obey me. But my struggle is, is in the obedience my battle is in doing right when I know to do right, but I fall back. What's the answer for that? I'll tell you the answer, Brother Larry. It's my flesh. It's my flesh. My flesh don't want to do right. My flesh don't want to do what's pleasing unto the Lord. It wants to do what's pleasing unto Scott. Come on, can I have anybody that'd be honest and say, I know that feeling. I know what I'm supposed to do. It's like Paul said, I, I, that which I know to do, I don't do. And that which I know I shouldn't do, I do. And there's a war in my members. For The answer and the remedy for the war in my members is, I've got to give myself to Calvary like he gave himself to Calvary. And you and I will find peace in our home, peace in our family, peace on our kids, peace on our job, peace in our church, peace in our community. You show me an individual that lives by the standard of Calvary. I'll show you an individual that can look at adversity and say, I can make it through this. He said he gave himself our sins that he might deliver us. Here's the answer. The world ain't going away. The world's not going away. Young people, listen to me. It ain't going to go away. And furthermore, it's not going to get no better. That's why the power and the beautiful thing that you and I have is we can be in the church. Because it's like when I step in, I'm not just talking about this building. I'm speaking in the church as I function one-to-one, -one, as I have relationship with fellow brothers and sisters in the church. You say, well, you don't understand. They, they are, I, I can't have fellowship. That's where the struggle's at. We have trouble fellowshipping one another because we know each other's sins and failures and shortcomings and done wrong. 
So we struggle with these things because I know all your business. Put a stake in that one. I know everybody's business. So therefore it inhibits me when really the only business I should be concerned about is the business of the king. And people are wanting to come to the house of God and people are in this hour wanting more of God. But see, here's the thing. They know the struggle. But we as a church and people that are filled with the Holy Ghost, Brother Larry, we can show them that when you come to the house of God, it's an escape from the world. And when you come to the house of God, you're going to see true love. You're going to see kindness. You're going to see joy like you've never seen before. Oh, I'm hitting up against an old spirit in Indian Village right now. I wish I had some people to help me. That's why people are struggling to come. I'm trying to tell us God's wanting to move in us and establish a strong standard of Calvary because here's why. There's joy, believe it or not, in Calvary. There's joy because there's a resurrection that's coming down the road for somebody. And if I can establish Calvary and live according to the measure of the cross, it's not my will but thine to be done. The world has no influence on me. People have no influence on me. Is there anybody other than me that gets tired of hearing people's opinion. I'm reaching for four people by that statement specifically. Your your weariness in mind of what people think about you has robbed you of the joy. If I was the oil evangelist, I'd be preaching right by your pew right now. I'd be putting my hand on your shoulder. And your opinion, people's opinion has robbed you of joy in living for God. When you, you and I get to a place, or how, how, how do we get to a place that we can look at it and go, I don't care what you think. I don't. I love you. And I'm not disrespecting you. He knows I love him. But your hostage of opinion over me ain't going to rob me, Sister Cat, of my joy and my peace. You say, Benoit, how do you get like that? I've learned there's a standard of Calvary that's going to stay in place in my life. In other words, what, what do you mean? I, let, me, let me try to really kind of make it real simple. What it means is this. When I don't know what to do and I don't know where to turn, I'm going back to Calvary and I'm going to say, God, forgive me of my pride. Forgive me of my arrogance. Forgive me of my opinion. Forgive me of my fear. Forgive me of doubt and worry. You've never done nothing but good for me. I'm going to put my trust in you. I trust my hope. See, because the world, he's trying to deal with an issue that ain't never going away. People's opinion and the world and sin, it ain't ever going away until he takes us home. 
That's what makes heaven, Micah, so great. That's what makes me press on another day when I want to give up. Yes, the preacher, the pastor, I want to throw in the towel sometimes, Micah, and say, you know what? Forget it. I've done everything I know to do. But something rises up in me and says, if you went to Calvary and you made it through when you didn't have to go through, then what am I to say and how am I to complain about the woes of my life and the struggles I may be going through? If you died on a cross when you had the power to come off of that cross, but you chose to stay in place for somebody like me down the road, then God, I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to give you every fiber of my heart. Because the pull of the world. Brother Joe, you'll identify with this. See, I wouldn't. I wasn't saved since my mama's womb like John the Baptist. John had something I didn't have. I lived in the world and did all this crazy stuff. I ran into a young person at that camp. I told one specifically, and I said, listen to me. I done been on that other side. I've done been on the other side, came over, backslid, and came back. And Brother Langley... There ain't nothing that could come to me that would make me want to go back to that world. But yet we play with the world and the things of the world. When Paul says, listen to me, there's a standard that will get you out of the power that the world holds on you. See, I came from it, and God brought me out. And some of you are coming out, Cody. And here's what God's saying. If you hold to the standard of the cross, there ain't one thing that can stop you from coming to God. It doesn't matter people's opinion. It doesn't matter the strongholds. It doesn't matter addictions. It doesn't matter people. It doesn't matter hypocrisy in the church. When you've got a mind made up to serve God, I'm telling you, heaven opens a bank of resources and says, I see your struggle I just needed you to move and as you move I'm going to help you I'm going to strengthen you I'm going to favor you I'm preaching to somebody today you think you cannot live for God because of whatever the excuse is if I'll follow the measure of Calvary you can live for God with all your heart doesn't have to be perfect And have to be perfect. Let God. That's why I some of you got tricked this morning thinking I was going to talk about standards. You hear me. Whoever wants to come to this church can come to the church however they want to look. Doesn't matter. Why? Because I believe the word of God has a way of moving in people's heart. 
and hooking them. See, here's the situation we're up against, Brother Sherman. We're up against a situation where God ain't moved fast enough so we don't think the power of God can still do it. I believe God's power is stronger now and it's only going to intensify and it's only going to be magnified and God's going to reach for people that the world's given up on. Why? Because they realize, I've been following the standard of the world. I've been following the standard of somebody else. But if I can follow the standard and the measure of the cross, I can live for God. No, I'll never be perfect. No, I'll never have it figured out. And no, the church will never be perfect. But there's one thing is sure. Jesus is perfect. And if I follow him and I try to be like him, then he'll give me the peace and the strength I need to make it through whatever my struggle is. He gave himself the world. Go to the next verse. Watch. Remember, glory every man. Next verse. My marvelous, here it is. He said, why? You enlighten, you, you, you receive this. You receive this word. You received this gospel. You had an experience. But now why are you going backwards? Next verse. Which is not another, but there'll be some that trouble you, which pervert. You know what the word pervert means? It doesn't mean sexual. It means spiritual perversion. He said they, it means reverse. They are trying to reverse the word of God. They're trying to tell you, you got to get good enough to get God. I'm not advocating that you and I can be abusive to God's grace and love. That's not what I'm preaching and teaching today. What I'm preaching and teaching today is this. There are so many hurting people, hurting families, hurting situations, and you and I are looking for Dobson for the help. God loved Dobson. We're looking for help from Dr. Phil. God loved Dr. Phil. And maybe you're even desperate enough for poor old Oprah. Bless her heart. But you need to hear me. That ain't my measuring stick. I don't care what Bin Laden says. I don't care what Ben says. I don't care what Trump says. If you and I can find the measure of the cross, we can make a better entity, a better community, a better church, a better state, a better country. It all starts with the standard of the cross. Don't go back. Listen, I tell somebody this in the fear of the Lord. It came to my hearing just two days ago. I was talking to Brother Treese. And I said, Brother Chief, I, I, I got a question here and there in the Greek and Hebrew. And he said, Brother Ben, well, I'm going to tell you this one statement. There's a scripture, and I ain't found it yet. He's supposed to send it to me. It's called enlighten. It's a word, enlighten. And it's talking about the gospel. It's talking about the oneness of God. And here's what he said. That word translate, that once you have been enlightened and you got the revelation of the oneness, he said, if you walk away from that revelation and begin to pervert that revelation, he said, the original Greek translates it like this. You can come back and be saved, but you'll never have the same effect again. I don't know about y'all. But that scared me for this regard. We better hold on to truth with every fiber of your body. That when a preacher gets up and preaches about the oneness, you ought to stand to your feet and say, I'm ready. I love the oneness of God. I love the gospel message. I'm willing to give everything I got for it because it's the most important thing. It's the standard of the cross. I don't want to taste it. He said, you cannot. You can be saved. But once you've got the oneness revelation, 
you better hold on to it with everything you got Tristan you better grab a hold of that revelation and know God was fully man he was Jesus was fully man and he was fully God there ain't a third person of a trinity but there's one God hero Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and in him will I serve and God came in the spirit and manifested himself in the flesh for one reason that the role of sonship could be for you and I sins and that our sins could be taken away a spirit ain't got blood but a body's got blood he had to come in the flesh to take away the sins to get you and I out of the world visitors I'm so glad you're here but I'm operating in what I feel the Holy Ghost is telling us in this hour we ain't got time to play we ain't got time brother Roger to say some little sermonette for some Christianettes that's just barely getting by but I believe God is raising the church up in this hour with a strength a fresh encouragement we ain't just a denomination apostolic Pentecostals we are not a denomination we're an experience and God is wanting to take that experience to another level that we've never been to before is there anybody ready to have a transformation an experience in God that's going to forever change my family Stand with me. Find me 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, real fast. 1 Peter 1, 14. I wrote this down. Just hold Peter for me. I'll get to him last. I've heard people say, please hear me. If you miss this part, you miss the, the whole factor of how we can do this. Catch this. I've heard people say, my environment, hear me. My environment, my, let's put it, our country, our state, my home. Young people, hear me. Is not conducive for living for God. Watch this. Moses, willing to suffer affliction for a season, gave up the throne. Job lost everything he got, but yet held his integrity. Hosea, prophet, had a wife called Gomer. She's a prostitute. He raised three kids that he didn't even know if it was his, but he stayed faithful. Sounds a little bit like our world, doesn't it? John's on Patmos, banished, alone, for not doing wrong. That should have got five amens because you feel you did no wrong, but yet you're being accused. John. Now, that's all people that it wasn't good environment, and they... Or they still live for God. Now look at this. Adam and Eve had a perfect environment. They walked with God, Brother Bushnell, and they still messed up. Korah fell in. Gehazi, back following Elisha. Elijah, Elisha had 14 major miracles. Elijah only had seven. And Gehazi followed him. All the miracles and Gehazi still gave up. Watch. Judas walked with Jesus and betrayed him. Don't tell me the environment is affecting me and you're living for God. Watch. 
Demas, he's forsaken this present world. That was Paul. And here's probably the best one. Satan himself. He's in heaven and sees what we're preaching about and still couldn't make the cut in the best environment in eternity. So what's the difference for those that have a good environment, have a bad environment? Because it's not the environment. We can blame the church until we have no more tonsils left. We can blame the community. We can blame the gossip. We can blame everything under the sun. But you hear me. It ain't never the environment. If there's a standard of Calvary and the cross in place, Brother Ed, I can make it through every difficult environment and every difficult situation I face. You say, Calvary's what? Let me explain it. You go to a cross and you say, God, I'm picking up my cross now and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to deny myself, my pleasure, my want, and I'm going to follow you. And to somebody here today, there's an invitation that God's giving somebody. If you want peace in your mind, if you want peace in your family, if you want peace in your marriage, don't let pride don't let a church don't let people's opinion don't let a community rob you of the peace that God gives you as you hold fast to the standard of the cross resistance come there's people here today the Holy Ghost here's what he showed me your message this message will go forth it will be heard. But you will be fighting against a heart that says, God can't do it for me. It's my own belief, Sister Lord, that God can do it for me. If I can never arise to that belief, what I just preached 45 minutes for is in vain. With every fiber of my body, shirt soaking wet, preaching, trying to reach for somebody to tell them your answer's in the standard of the cross. You're at the decision. It's here today. I feel that convicting angel in this place. And you're at the decision. But here's the thing. You are the only one that can wake up your conscience. Because God has woke it up through his word. But now I've got to shake myself and say, Oh, I can't go down this road again. I can't do this again. I can't live like this again. God has got a revival for this community that's going to go beyond just Indian Village. It's going down the road that way, that way, that way, and that way. And you and I are a part of it. And the thing that's going to perpetuate this and draw is people realize. If I don't have a picture, I'm not advocating you live at the cross. What I'm saying is Paul said I die daily. I got to come to that cross and say, God, I surrender all. And if I do, there's joy and resurrection that I can experience. So you should have waited and saved that for Pentecost Sunday or Easter. I ain't confined to time. I'm confined by the mandate of the Holy Ghost. And there's somebody here today that if you'll just in your heart say, God, 
I'm going to take a shot. I don't know if you'll even forgive me. But God, if you'll give me another chance, I'll make it right. I'm going to make it. I'm going to help. You know, back in the old day, people would have already been at the altars. This shows me. This is at every church. This ain't just here. This is in all church. People are just, what do we do? When there should be a bolt to that altar and say, God, I need peace. I need peace. I can't make it without peace. So I'm going to make it easy. Grab the hand to the person next to you. Grab the hand. And together, I want you to look at them and say, hey, I want you to come with me. And everybody come together. That's going to make it real easy for somebody in this place today that you feel like you've kind of deterred and there's a struggle and there's a battle. God's going to help you today. God's going to strengthen you today. God's going to favor you today. But all you have to do is say, God, I'm going to follow the one rule that you've given me. Stay close to Calvary. Everything I do is going to be measured by Calvary. What you did is what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to run my family. That's how I'm going to run my job. That's how I'm going to run my prayer. That's how I'm going to do these things. Come on, lift your hand, lift your voice, and declare, God, I need you today. I need the power of Calvary today. are free because they're following the daddy and the mama that's experiencing Calvary and wants to follow the pattern of Calvary. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. Turn to him right now. Come on tilt your head back. Say God forgive me. Forgive me of everything I've done. Forgive me of things I've said. Forgive me of things I've pondered. God, forgive me today. I need your help, God. Don't let the enemy rob you of the greatest miracle. The peace. The Prince of Peace. He's not in this world. He's in you and I through the Holy Ghost. 